Support for Georgia College Connections comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Georgia College Connections and WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today we continue our collaboration with the American Democracy Project at Georgia College to bring their Times Talk conversations to our radio audience. The Times Talk is a weekly current events and ideas symposium that takes place at noon Wednesdays in the Ina Dillard Russell Library on the campus of Georgia College in downtown Milledgeville. These events are free and open to the public, so if this discussion sparks your interest, please consider joining the conversation at noon Wednesdays in the Georgia College Library. Our topic of conversation in this time's talk begs the question, did my vote matter? I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Ari Granch, Assistant Professor in the Department of English and Rhetoric. Dr. Ari Granch, welcome to Georgia College Connections. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here today. I'm also very excited to talk about the thing that is probably on the minds of many of our listeners right now, uh, which is the election and how my vote contributed towards the end that we'll be finding out shortly. And I, I think the article that I chose today, I chose because it brings up questions that I think are really difficult to answer, and I don't think it answers them. I think what it does is pose more questions than we have answers to. And so part of what I'm looking forward to, both in this discussion but also in the Times talk, is the ability to try to figure out what it means to vote, why we vote, to what extent we can say our votes actually matter. And, you know, I think you actually stole my thunder for the very first question. But let's just present this article or at least, um, you know, introduce it. So the article you're presenting this week is an opinion piece entitled, Should Everybody Vote? And this is by, and I may mess this up, by Gary Gooding, a professor of philosophy at the University of Notre Dame. And obviously, um, it's all about should everybody vote and should everyone who's able to cast a ballot actually do so and for a number of different reasons. But one thing that you just mentioned right there and I don't think was talked about sufficiently in the article is why do people vote? What is it that we think that we're going out there to do when we enter the ballot box? And from my personal experience, because really that's all I have to go off of, I vote with different reasons for everything I vote for. And so when I'm voting for president, I have different reasons than when I'm voting for uh, an amendment to Georgia's constitution, for example, or when I'm voting for one of my local representatives. And so I acknowledge that different votes matter for different reasons. And so we tend to think, especially during a presidential election year, that most of the effort and energy should be spent dealing with who's going to be the next president. When in reality, the things that affect our everyday life more tend to be with the people that we elect for our local representation and or for the constitutional amendments or local amendments that we might have to vote on. And so I think, broadly speaking, our votes matter. But I think they matter differently for different reasons. And so, for example, I might vote for president because I believe in certain large scale issues 
For example, I might think that we should engage in foreign policy in a very specific way, and I'll think that one presidential candidate has a better approach to it than the other presidential candidate, in which case I'm voting based on foreign policy as opposed to more domestic policy or more domestic issues. But I might use my local votes to vote towards domestic issues, in which case I might be dealing with two very different political parties or two very different ideological perspectives because the president I vote for might have distinctly different ideas about how local communities should be run than my local representatives. But I want that president for their foreign policy experience. And you bring up an interesting point about why we vote in the different elections that we do vote in or in the different referenda that we do vote in. And I I am right there with you. I commonly think that our national perspective on voting is flip-flop from what Again, I myself believe that it should be. I find that my life is affected much more in my day-to-day living by those representatives that I can actually have the opportunity to go out and meet on a regular basis. They're dealing with a lot of things that affect me directly from day-to-day, like the roads that we drive on, you know, a topic for Milledgeville, the water that we drink, the you know way that our property taxes will be spent. But really... The focus, and I think this is driven much by the media and the media attention and the media resources that can be focused on individual issues, it's commonly on the U.S. presidential race because the scale of the resources they have, it's much easier to try to focus your spotlight on those huge elections that hit the most people, whereas you can't really narrow down and hit those things that are happening in as many as 500 different communities across the state of Georgia every year. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's why we have the checks and balances, right? And so the president becomes uh, arguably the most important vote that we cast because of the single person's ability to relate to, argue with uh, the two other branches of government. And so we might elect a single representative to our Senate or to our House of Representatives or even to our local government. But the president is going to be interacting with every person that's elected within those different branches of government. And so in many ways, there's a reason why more people turn out for presidential elections than they do for midterm elections. Well, now we started off with the question of why do we vote? And this article and some of our conversation up to this point have made light of the fact that there is an alternative to that. There are numerous alternatives, but one, the most diametrically opposed, obviously, would be to not vote. Now, what does it mean if we don't vote? I think it's easy to jump to the conclusion that people don't vote because they're lazy. But I, uh, and I think you would agree with me here, that's simply too easy of an assessment of the situation. People realize that voting is coming up. We're in the midst of an election season. You can't get around it. You're going to hear about the different candidates. You're going to read about them. And there's something overwhelming about the election season such that I understand when someone says they're just not going to vote because what it often implies is, and again, these are things that have been reiterated a number of times. It can imply a number of things. First, it can imply that you don't think any of the candidates will achieve the ends that you hope our government will achieve. And so you see it as just maintaining the status quo, regardless of who you vote for, regardless of who wins. And so what's the point of voting if it's just going to maintain the status quo? And I think some credit has to be given to people who feel that way, even though I myself do not feel that way. 
Another thing that might be happening when people decide not to vote is that the decision not to vote is in and of itself a political statement. Whether that statement does have to do with your acceptance of the status quo or whether you think that the urge and the push to get people to vote might prevent them from actually engaging in the types of community service that create, maintain, and build community, then I think that's also a reason why some people might choose not to vote. I think both of those are valid statements to make. I still don't think that either of those is good enough to convince me that someone shouldn't vote. And of course, that is the decision facing every person because one of the fundamental rights that we have questionably and arguably, is the right to freedom of speech. And of course, implicit in that freedom is the freedom to stay silent. But on that note, we are out of time in this segment. If you're just joining us, you're listening to WRGC 88.3 FM, and we're continuing our collaboration with the American Democracy Project at Georgia College to bring their Times Talk conversations to our radio audience. The topic of our conversation today is Did My Vote Matter? And I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Ari Granch, an assistant professor in the Department of English and Rhetoric. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Georgia College Connections. Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections and WRGC 88.3 FM. We're having another in our series of Times Talk Conversations on this edition of Georgia College Connections. I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Ari Granch, Assistant Professor in the Department of English and Rhetoric. And we're talking about a subject very timely to where we are in U.S. history today. And that is the question of, did my vote matter? And not in the kind of finite sense of will my candidate come out on top this evening, but really does the act of voting contribute in the way that we want it to? Now, in that last segment, we talked about the questions of why do we vote? And what does it mean if we decide not to take on that civic responsibility? But one of the things that's brought up in the article um, that we're looking at today, which is, again, is should everybody vote? is a ongoing debate about the right to vote. Now, I think that the majority of our listeners today are going to say, do I have the right to vote? Of course, I exercised it today. But what the article brings out is that really there is nothing in the Constitution itself, except for in the later amendments, that really talks about voting and gives citizens or residents or anyone else really the right to vote. And I want to actually just go ahead and quote from the article. Surprisingly, there's some dispute about a constitutional right to vote. 
Scholars have pointed out that there's no passage in the Constitution that says explicitly, and I'm placing emphasis on explicitly, that there is a right to vote. But most argue that such a right is implicit in, for example, amendments that prohibit denying the vote because of race and gender. So just being so surprised myself about that, I went and looked at some of the other arguments that were being made around there. It points to a piece of legislation that was filed in 2013 by a Democratic representative from Wisconsin in which they were trying to amend the Constitution to actually enshrine voting in the Constitution and in you know one of the founding documents of our way of governing. Now, doesn't that seem interesting to you that there's no right to vote? I mean, how do you think that this came about? I think it is fascinating that it's not built into the Constitution. Yet, at the same time, there's a lot of things that are not built into the Constitution, but that are then implied through our interpretation of the Constitution. The nature of a republic, a democracy that is governed by a Constitution, is such that we understand that that document needs to be interpreted over and over and over again. This makes me go back mentally to where we draw our own history from. And when the Founding Fathers were creating this American idea, they were drawing heavily on the classics. They were drawing on their knowledge of Greek culture and the early Roman Republic. The Greeks were a direct democracy, and the Roman Republic was a representative democracy. But both worked in similar ways. With the Greeks, what you had was there was no governing document. And so everything was decided by a court in the moment. And so what made it possible to be an engaged citizen at that time was your mastery of the rhetorical arts, your ability to present your argument and persuade the court that your argument has sway, whether that's about a land dispute that you have with your neighbor or whether it's about how the Athenian city-state should enter into battle with Sparta or whoever. And so those decisions depended upon each citizen having the ability to make their case. And so the problem with Greek democracy has been pointed out, particularly by Socrates, Plato, et al., is that certain people had the financial means to afford training in rhetoric, whereas others did not, let alone the people who were not considered citizens, as was the case in the beginning of our own democracy. And so what you ended up having happen was a lot of people with a lot of money being able to sway the courts over and over and over again so that the rich were continued to get richer and the poor maintained sort of that poor state of life. The Roman Republic then recognized that this was a problem, and that's why they have this kind of representational system where the plebeians, where we get the word plebes from, then did not directly vote, but they supported one of the patricians, one of the wealthier landowners. And then those patricians would make sure that whatever legislation was passed would look out for the plebeians under their control. And so it's not dissimilar from the idea that we have of our own representative democracy. And so as that developed, I imagine that that was a safeguard that was built in in terms of how we vote. So the question then, do we actually have the right to vote, I think is still a question 
that we need to ask because we're voting for representatives. Do you feel that this question is more powerful now when we are becoming so disconnected from the government, or at least the perception is that almost like Washington is a world away. Sometimes even Atlanta is a world away. Sometimes our own city hall is a world away. And so therefore, you know, it does you know, trickle down to it when we go to exercise this right implied in the Constitution that does it have any effect on what happens? Well, I think I'll answer this first by just stating where this frustration comes from, this feeling that our representatives don't actually know us. And so how are they making decisions based on us? And I think we all have a moment where just consider the last time you had to deal with an insurance claim and you had to call someone and it was frustrating and maybe you got it worked out, but maybe you didn't. But that frustration, I think, is real for a lot of people. And knowing that you're going through that frustration and pain after, if it's insurance, something else probably traumatic happened, I think builds that disconnect. And so I know that I'm not going to be on the legislative floor saying, yes, this legislation should pass or no, this legislation should not. I know that I'm choosing someone else to do that. And I know that most likely that person has made a career of doing that and not of living the same type of life that I have. So immediately there is that disconnect between me, the voter, and my representative who then makes the laws on my behalf. And so I think feeling that disconnect from mm. our representatives is the thing that makes us feel like the system doesn't matter. And so I don't need to vote because really it doesn't matter. It's just going to be some random politician who's going to look out for their own best interests anyway without taking what's physically happening to me into account or what's physically happening to my community into account. So I think this is more of an age-old problem that we face. That said, we live in a time of unprecedented technological advancements such that I can directly connect to my representatives at the push of a button. And I myself, I wonder if that's one of the hallmarks of proper leadership within a representative um, democracy in that you are there to do the will of the constituency that puts you in office and not necessarily discern on all of the issues with your own judgment. I think what people perhaps don't see enough of is that time when a leader says, despite my best personal judgment, I will vote with the way that I'm hearing from the letters, emails, and phone calls I'm receiving. I do think I've heard examples of that, but they are few and far between. Well, and the big question that's raised at that point is, is that really what our representatives should be doing? We elect our representatives as people who will listen to and read all of the stuff that's going into our legislation because we don't have the time to or we don't have the energy to. There is so much that they have to deal with that I'm not even aware of. Do I need to be aware of that? Or am I okay with just letting someone else make decisions based on what they think is best for me? In addition to the age-old question, uh, the sentiment now is leaning toward, no, we're not okay with that. <laughs> there is a time of, of great reflection about the way that we have allowed our system to operate and you know we'll continue to allow it to operate this election and on into the future but we do need to take a short break so if you're just joining us 
You're listening to Georgia College Connections, and we're continuing with our collaboration with the American Democracy Project at Georgia College to bring their Times Talk conversations to our radio audience. Today, we're talking about voting, not in the sense of what we went out and did today, but in the larger sense of how we participate in our democratic system. I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Ari Gratch. He's an assistant professor in the Department of English and Rhetoric at Georgia College. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for more Georgia College Connections. Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections and WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and we're continuing our collaboration with the American Democracy Project to bring their Times Talk conversations to our radio audience. I just want to remind you that, of course, the Times Talk is a weekly event. It takes place at noon Wednesdays in the Georgia College Library. I'm sure there'll be much discussion to be had on this topic, as well as all of the topics that are related to it. And if you want to engage in that conversation, engage with others, hear new ideas, please consider coming out tomorrow at noon to the Georgia College Library. We're talking about voting in a very, I would say, philosophical sense. I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Ari Gratch. He's an assistant professor in the Department of English and Rhetoric. Now, in that last segment, we were talking about perhaps some of the pitfalls or limitations of our representative democracy and uh, perhaps the complexity of what our society is faced with on a day-to-day basis. We have tried to avoid to a certain extent is the depth of our divide as seen through the lens of this presidential election and possibly even some of our elections on down the ballot too, even all the way down to the constitutional referendums. But when we look at this divide that we're experiencing now, I have the question to wonder, how will we go forward after tonight as a union, as advocates for a better, more representative system? I think one of the problems with that question is that when we talk about a divide, we assume two sides. And the difficulty of our democracy, our country, is that there are too many sides. And I don't mean that there's too many sides and we need to get rid of some of the sides. What I mean is that what makes our democracy, what makes our country kind of amazing is that there are so many sides to every issue. And different people value different things, and we value them in different ways, and there's different ideologies. And the goal was to create a country where we would engage in some sort of civic discourse that would then allow us to do what is best for everyone, if that is even a possibility. And voting is one step in that process. 
But the other steps in that process, I think, have more to do with understanding yourself and your own motivations that lead you to vote in the ways that you vote. I tell my students this in my introduction to rhetoric class that you can't possibly argue with someone until you know why they care about arguing their side in the first place. And what that means is usually some sort of introspection that leads you to better understand why you're arguing the things that you care for in the first place. And so when I vote, I can't help but think about my family first and the things that I know are going to affect us positively or negatively based on the statements of the various candidates that I'm voting for. But then I also have to look at who my neighbor is going to vote for and what that might say about the things that they care about and the things that they value. And what it comes down to is I live in a community, in a country that has people that disagree with me in myriad of ways. And eventually I'm going to have to either understand those people, understand where they come from and help them understand where I come from, or I'm going to have to find a new community. And that means changing what our nation is, possibly changing our nation as a whole, which I don't think most of us would like. And I want to kind of glom on to your answer there in that when I go out to the ballot box, I think about the United States as an institution, not as something that we're deciding the fate of on a day-to-day basis in a way, but in a way that we are working towards the continuance of an experiment that I feel fully invested in. I feel invested in this community and the broad diversity of the many people, thoughts, and ideas that it is supposed to uphold. And I say that in that I do vote with my best interests at mind, but at times I can be swayed to vote against my immediate interest if I think that will contribute to the longevity of the institution, of this experiment. And I say experiment now, and I say experiment today, because I, like many, am am deeply troubled by the depths of this divide and wonder if it continues to go in a more vitriolic direction that this experiment, like many of the great empires of the past, is not set in stone forever. And I want my child to at least have the opportunities that I have If we're really doing good, I want her to be able to achieve more than we have available to us now. And I think that is what drives me to go out there and put the difficult time into really thinking about some of the things that we're voting on, whether they are the individuals that we want to represent us or the questions that are directly conveyed to us. I think your use of the word experiment is really prescient here. And I think I would, rather than experiment, I would say process. I think both are correct, but process for me suggests that we are active members of it. We are active members of taking part of that process. Well, we're about out of time today. So I want to pose the perennial Times Talk last question to you, which is, what do you hope people gain from the conversation tomorrow? And especially not knowing what exactly the rules of the game will be at the time that we're taping this when you go into that conversation tomorrow. 
I think that's one of the really fun things about this is that we have no idea what's going to happen. But what I would love people to take out of this, regardless of how everything turns out, is that notion of experiment or process and that your role as a citizen is to take part in that process. And in order to take part, you have to know what you want and you have to know why you want those things. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Ari Granch, thank you so much for joining me on this extremely prescient edition of Georgia College Connections. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, the pleasure has been all mine. You've been listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we continued our collaboration with the American Democracy Project at Georgia College to bring their Times Talk conversations to our radio audience. The Times Talk is a weekly current events and ideas symposium that takes place at noon Wednesdays in the Georgia College Library. I invite you to please come out and play your part in this ongoing deliberation about the issues and events that make up these modern times. Today, we're talking about voting and really the question of, did my vote matter? I was joined in the studio by Dr. Ari Granch, assistant professor in the Department of English and Rhetoric. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It's been my pleasure spending a portion of this evening with you here on Georgia College Connections, and I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.